Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to The Treatment Room with Tess and Lauren, the podcast by estheticians, for estheticians and those who seek to learn about their own skin from a professional's perspective. We're diving into our whys as licensed skincare therapists, sharing in our career journeys and separating the gimmicks from the real heroes in skincare. Welcome to the treatment room. Hey, Treatment Roomies. Welcome back to the show with Tess and Lauren. Today, we are chatting with industry icon Shelly Hancock, an esthetician of 32 years. She's really a woman who needs no introduction, but we'll just give you a little bit of background anyway. She is a mentor, a consultant, a public speaker, a former radio show host, a published author, and has directed her own thriving esthetician training center. She has been an inspiration to to both Lauren and myself when we were first starting out in this whole aesthetics world and looking for somebody who is really grounding and encouraging. So we cannot wait to pick her brain for all of you SDs listening as we dive into our tips on spa business and success in this ever-changing beauty world. Enjoy! Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the treatment room. So today, as you heard, we are here with Shelly Hancock. We are super excited for this episode. We have so many things we want to ask and talk to you about, Shelly. We, first of all, just want to welcome you and say thanks so much for being on the podcast. We're really happy to have you. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for this opportunity. I truly appreciate it. Oh, wonderful. So we wanted to start and just kind of get to know a little bit of your background and your journey. I know you've been in the industry for so long, so I hope this isn't too much of an endeavor to ask, but um, can you kind of walk us through a little bit of your background and how you how you got basically from where you started to where you are today? Sure. Um, 33 years. So <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to tell you all of it or we'll be here forever. <laughs> um, I, ooh, very roundabout way did I get into this industry. I, I was like 27 years old, working at Cost Plus Imports in a cubicle all by myself and thought, oh my word, I can't do this the rest of my life. You know, what am I going to do with myself? And ended up getting a job doing computer work at a dermatology office. Now, mind you, this was back in like 1988. And uh, got there. Second day I'm there, he taps me on the shoulder and he says, Shelly, what I really need is a back office assistant. Can I train you to be my assistant? And I'm thinking, what? You know, I know nothing about this dermatology stuff. Um, but I was so bored with computer work that I thought, let me, let me just go for this. So I go home and you know, get myself a pair of white slacks and some white shoes. And I go in the next morning and they give me a white lab coat and I'm feeling like super, super like I got this. Well, they tell me to go on back to treatment room number three and observe the procedure in progress. Cool. All I got to do is observe it. And I saunter on back there and I open the door to a liposuction on a woman's stomach. Oh my gosh. Yes, seriously. The room starts spinning and somebody escorts me out of the room before I hit the floor. And so this (laughs) is kind of like my first experience in this industry. But he actually had an esthetician back there, back then. Um, In 1988, that was unheard of. And I watched her, you know, go in and out of her treatment room and clients hug her. And I'm like, what's her job? And how do I get that? And I quit and I went to aesthetic school and um, I went full time. Four months later, I'm out. And a year and a half later, I buy my first spa. And uh, kind of it just it just took off from there. It's a long, long story, but I ran that for 15 years before I sold it. And then I just started mentoring other estheticians. And here I sit now. Uh, I've had a radio show that was so much fun to do. Um, I've authored a couple of books, and now I spend my days talking to estheticians all over the United States. So I'm really curious, since you spend a lot of time 
consulting with estheticians, are there any mistakes that stand out to you that estheticians are making either in the treatment room or when owning a spa? Good good question. Um, Fear. That's the first thing. I hear that a lot. Oh, Shelly, I'm afraid to try this different, or I'm afraid my clients are going to come back. I'm afraid to raise my prices. So much fear um, instead of kind of just going for it. The fear is going to stop you in your tracks. You know, once um, I'm actually writing a book about my whole <laughs> journey in this industry, and I take a lot of leaps, a lot of leaps of faith. And yeah, I fell down a few times, but mostly uh, I pushed right through them and I wouldn't be where I am today had I not done that. And, and that's what I spend most of my time talking on the phone with estheticians about, not necessarily how to use a piece of equipment you know, in their treatment room. It's more about how do I get past the fear? How do I just jump? That's a big one. Yeah, I think we can we can all relate whether it's seeing a new modality or a piece of equipment and just being scared when you're when you're starting to use something for the first time or when you are in a position and not knowing when it's time to make the yeah. next leap. And and creativity. It's um get in your treatment room and have fun with it. Be creative. Like when, I, when I'm teaching people how to use a piece of equipment, sometimes they'll be, get so caught up in the how-tos. Like how many times do I do this movement? And how many times do I do that movement? And it's more about looking at that client's face, being intuitive, and just connecting with them um, than it is doing exact step by step by step. Does that make sense? Right. Oh, yeah, totally. Like make it feel good. Make it intuitive, yeah. like you said. And have fun. People are very drawn to the energy of fun and playfulness. Now, I'm not saying don't be professional because we want to be professional, but have a lightness about that. Um, in fact, it's it's kind of funny because I don't know if you guys know this, but I call my aesthetic equipment toys. And the reason mm-hmm. being is I just have so much fun with them. You know, yeah. it, it's great. And I've been called out by some estheticians for, for, you know, for calling them toys. I should be more professional, you know. And okay, if I have a new client come in, am I going to say to them, oh, I'm going to use this toy on you today? No. <laughs> you know, I know better than that. But between, you know, us estheticians, uh, it's, we've got to have some fun with it. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I think really stands out about you, Shelly, is your heart-based approach to skincare. Can you talk a little bit more about your whole philosophy overall? Well, it's a very personal business, right? We're touching people, not only physically touching them, but emotionally we, we're touching them. You know, they lay down there and boy, the stories we could tell, right? Because they just just truly open up to us. But it needs to be a safe place for them to be able to do that. And, you know, it's really interesting. Many, many years ago, I started doing this thing at the end of my facial and nobody ever said this to me. It was just a thing that started happening that I, it's a, a placement of my hands on the side of their face for just a hold for a second and again on the forehead. And during that time, I'm just sending out love. And it's really interesting, but I truly believe that that's kind of part of why people come back is they just feel that energy. They had no idea. I wasn't saying it out loud. <laughs> this was just to myself, you know, like sending them away with a, with a good feeling, with good energy. Um, and people, whether they know it or not, they pick up on that. So Shelly, you mentioned that you, first of all, I I love that approach because I think that when you are in the treatment room and you, as you said, it's so personal. I mean, it's, I've always said it's a very vulnerable position for somebody to be on your treatment table. You know, they're laying down, they're just in this vulnerable, vulnerable position where, you know, you're working on your skin, you're working on their face. I mean, how often does somebody else touch your face? Like not that often, especially in a, in a professional business setting where it's not somebody that you're, you know close and intimate with. So um, I'm curious though, you said that you had started your own business after about a year and a half. So Mm -hmm. that seems, um, at least for me, of course, having been in the industry for 10 years now, don't have my own business yet. Um, But after a year and a half, that's, that seems like a pretty quick launch, which I think is great. Do you have any tips or was there anything that you learned along the way that you can share about opening your own business? Yeah. Um, so I, when, I, when I got out of school, I went straight to work back in a medical office and uh, secured a very good position doing facials on teenagers and adults there. And, 
And I happened to get a phone call one day from a lady I knew that owned a spa. And she said, Shelly, I just got the opportunity to, to move to um, another state where they're opening a big resort and they want me to run their um, spa there. And she said, I need somebody to run my skincare center and I want that someone to be you. And I like paused, like, do you have the right phone number? You know, it's like... <laughs> Why me? I've barely been an esthetician, right? And I've only worked in the the medical industry. Uh, But this lady knew me, and I think she saw something in me that I didn't know about myself yet. And then she says to me, oh, and I need to know by tomorrow morning because I'm leaving tomorrow afternoon. So I literally had overnight to make this decision. Yeah. Needless to say, I did not sleep a wink that night. But my thought process was, wow, here an opportunity is being dropped into my lap because of fear, am I going to let this pass me by? And I decided that, "Mm, no, I needed to go for this. I needed to jump. I called her the next morning. I said, let's do this. We met for about two hours for her to kind of show me where everything was. She left and I never saw her again. And I kind of, there I sat with a business. So, um, you know, I think my, my main thing to tell everybody is leap, take a chance. So what? You know, if you fall, if something goes wrong, you just pick up and you try another another way. There's you just we get so focused on have to be successful, can't have any little, you know, drops anywhere. And that's what life's all about, is trying things. If you don't try them, then you're really never gonna go anywhere. Shelly, when your doors first opened, I'm sure I'm sure that was kind of a surreal feeling. But when people started to come into your spa, did you realize you had any kind of formula for building a good clientele and keeping them? <laughs> um, I don't think I realized anything <laughs> back then, <laughs> you know, because I, I was just thrown into this. I was only 27 years old. I'd never even been to college. It was just like this, this it was like trial and error. And back then there wasn't the internet. There, there was nobody to connect with. So I was, I just sat there and I'll tell you what I did. I literally went into my skincare center every single day, whether I had a client or not. You know, I made sure I, my energy was in there. I dusted, I vacuumed, I had the cleanest little place there was, but I wanted to make sure if that phone rang, I was there to pick it up. If somebody happened to stop by, I was there. I was like, I was telling the universe, hey, I'm here and I am going to be successful. And I think our energy is so scattered nowadays And because with cell phones, we feel like we can be anywhere and still pick up that business phone call, but your energy isn't completely there when you pick it up, you know? And, and I think it's just really important. If you're going to have a business, make the time, whether you have a client or not to be there, to put your energy in. I totally agree. Do you feel like there's anything you kind of do to set the tone for your day and having, you know, a good morning that kind of gets you in the right place to then go out and meet with people and, and really serve them to your best potential? Hmm. Back then, I don't think I did. It was just a get up and go kind of thing. The older I get, you find different ways <laughs> to do things. Um, and for me, for quite a few years now, it's just been gratitude. I think we, we forget to take the time to be grateful for what we do have. Uh, we spend more time getting up going, oh, I got to do this today and I don't have that and I don't have this client, you know, just just that moaning and groaning kind of thing instead of saying, wow, another day I'm here. Thank you so very much. And being thankful for things that we don't even see or have yet. You know, thank you for all the clients coming in, even if you only had one client that week, you know, just be, the more you're thankful, the more you have to be thankful for. Absolutely. Yeah. How's that? I think that's a yeah. great answer. So Shelly, so talking about fear, and I think this is a really important thing to talk about, especially right now. Um, I know that there's a lot of estheticians out there in this current situation. And for anybody that's tuning in after we, you know, a while after this has been posted, we're currently in the middle of the COVID pandemic and all this craziness and our industry obviously has been hit really hard. So I'm curious what advice you would have to somebody who is feeling super discouraged and isn't sure I guess, where our industry is going after this and how it's going to be impacted. Do you have any thoughts on that about where it's going and kind of any any words of encouragement or what you think about basically just this whole craziness that's happening right now? 
Yeah, it is an interesting time, isn't it? We don't know where our industry is going to go. There's part of me that wants to believe that when this is all said and done, we are going to have more business than we ever had because people are going to be craving touch so much. You know, if we're going such a long period of time without really touching, they're going to be craving it. But then there's the other side of it that what if, you know, we're not able to go back to touch um, in the same way we've been used to it for so many years? You know, how does that work? We're going to have to all rethink how we do things um, once I'm going to say the world opens back up again. Uh, right now, everybody's rethinking, how do I keep some income coming in? You know, it was interesting. The first few weeks, um, it was like on my end, because I sell to estheticians, right? My, everything just went blank, just dead, nothing, no phone calls, nothing, you know, because I think everybody was so scared about all of this. And then all of a sudden it kicked in, okay, got, I got to do something. I got to figure something out here. And, you know, now the phone's ringing again and whatnot because they want ideas. You know, what, what do I do? How do I serve my clients? How do I keep them? How do I keep myself on their mind, if that makes sense? Um, so that when this is over, they'll all be coming back. And how do I keep money coming in right now? We've got to do, and I'm sure this is nothing new to you guys, you know, we've got to do the sell to the clients to use at home right now to keep their skin in good shape while at home right now. So I've, I've seen some really creative ways people are doing this out there on the internet. I'm so proud of everybody, but I just want to put the piece in there also that where our, our um, social media is fabulous and all that, we go back to that, this being a very personal business. I would also recommend pick the phone up, call a few of your clients. Hey, I just wanted to check in on you. They will so appreciate hearing your voice rather than just seeing you on social media or having that text. That now is the time to really be personable. Right. I love that. I think that's so important because, I mean, as you said, it is such a personal industry. And I think that's what also makes it so such a special industry is because we have that ability to be in contact with our clients in a really intimate way, help them and, you know, obviously just do what we do to improve their lives. So I think um, it sounds like creativity is what you're saying is creativity and and being personable is really going to be important right now. Very much so. And think about reinventing yourself. You know, maybe there's something that you've been wanting to do for a very long time and haven't had the time. Maybe there's a, you know, a new skill, uh, something you want to learn about in the industry that you've just been too busy to do. Take this time right now. Take advantage of it. I know there's a lot of people that are home with, with children and, oh, God love them. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how you're doing it. <laughs> Um, that's gotta be, this has gotta be really hard, but if you do have any free time study, you know, listen to all these webinars and podcasts that people are doing now and learn as much as possible so that when you start up again, you've got new, fresh, exciting ideas to bring to their, to your clients. Yes. I, we are all about the education, especially considering people do have downtime. If you can afford to take a course, I think it's, I think it's, there's something just incredible about a fresh start. And when we do open up our doors again, and we will, I think, like Shelly said, it would be incredible to have some new tools in your toolbox. So you just go into it reinvigorated. Perfect. Yeah. So your clients um, come back um, and know you've made the best, well, the best of your time, you know, to bring them something new and exciting. You know, actually, even without this going on, we should always do that. That's one of the things all my clients used to say to me, you know, years ago when I was really running my big day spas, oh my gosh, Shelly, it's so much fun to come in because I, I just never know what you're going to do, what new thing mm. you're going to have. It, you know, it kept them excited to want to come back to me, which we, you know, we're now a dime a dozen. We're kind of like Starbucks, right? There's an esthetician on every corner. So you need to be unique and different and have something that draws people in. So not only just now, but always keep that yes, in mind. Yes, I think that's something I kind of hear an echo of from clients. It's people not necessarily wanting to get used to the same thing every time they come in. I think if you can think of little ways to make it a new experience every time, I think that's, that's key, huh? Yeah. Have you ever been to a massage therapist and you've gone to her so much and she's got this right. routine that she does that's like in your head? Yep. You're like, okay, no, she's going to do this. Move yep, next. That you know? uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. No, we don't want that with our clients. In fact, I never do the same thing on a client. It's always what I feel in the moment when they come in. 
um, at the end of when I had my my large day spa, I ended up just charging, a, a, it was a flat fee. And for that hour, I did whatever I felt like they needed to have done on them that month when they came in. It wasn't like all these different facials to do. It kept it simple and it kept it kind of exciting as well. It's customizing it based on what's going on at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shelly, I wanted to go back to retail since I think that's so important for estheticians right now. Are there certain modalities, because I know you have an amazing retail site and we will link it in the show notes if any estheticians out there want to go check out what Shelly has on offer on her site. But Shelly, I wanted to ask, are there any modalities that are favorites that you recommend for at-home use? Yeah, well, I love all my <laughs> Tell toys. us about your toys. <laughs> <laughs> um, the big selling ones right now are the eye rejuvenator. That comes from a German company I work with, really quality piece of equipment. Um, great for use around the eyes and the lips, um, reasonably priced. Because right now, we selling things that are really outrageously expensive is not going to work because everybody's kind of watching mm. their money right now you know, both us estheticians and the clients. So you want to do things that are going to you know, keep the price down. So the eye rejuvenator has got microcurrent and heat. It's lovely. Mm. Um, the My Skin Buddy is a big retail item right now. The Valero cleansing brush. And these are all things, you know, $100 in, in that price range. Um, the biggest thing I'm selling right now is the baby foot peels. Uh, because clients have to sit at home uh, right now. Uh, they're not going out with, you know, sandals on their feet and whatnot. And the baby foot peel just takes away all that, mm, you know, dry, dead skin from the winter. And so I am selling them like crazy uh, to the estheticians. And they're, you know, dropping them off at clients or and sending them over to their clients. I think that, yeah, it's almost like all, I know a lot of estheticians, they don't like selling retail and they feel like it's not their thing. They don't like being a pushy salesperson and not that that's how it has to be at all, but it's almost like at this point, this situation that we're in now is kind of reiterating just how important that is to not only be okay and comfortable with selling, but also to to have a an assortment of things that you feel are obviously beneficial to your clients, that your clients would like and that they would need. You are so, so right about this. Don't you feel like this is the time for the for those estheticians that have a hard time selling? We mm-hmm. have to sell now, right? This is the only way we're going to bring income in right now. So what a great way to step out where you're usually uncomfortable to start selling. So once you can open your spa back up again, it's going to come naturally then, you know? And I like what you said about being a, a salesperson. I have always, always, always disliked that. Um, for me, everybody has to find their own way of doing this with their own personality. But for me, it's like a childlike enthusiasm about something. Like um, when they come in, I'm so excited to tell them about this new thing that I have. Uh, I'm not selling them. I'm just sharing it, you know, with them that they get really, you know, like caught up in my energy. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'll take that, you know, and and they don't even feel sold. And I don't feel like I was selling them because I wasn't. I was just excited to share it with them. Um, I, I did a lot of, um, my, my most recent job has been, um, as an account manager for a, um, a device company and, you know, so it's a sales job. And at first I was so uncomfortable. I was like, I don't know how to sell people without feeling like sleazy and like, I'm trying to push something (laughs) on them. And one of my friends who is an entrepreneur and he's had his own business for a long time now, but he told me one time, he said, he said, be an educator. Don't look at it as you're trying to sell something or push something on somebody. He said, look at it as if you're educating them. You're giving them the information about what you have to offer. And then it's up to them beyond that. And that way it kind of helped take out that weird, icky, salesy feeling. That's, that's a perfect way to think about it. Um, years ago when I had moved to a new town and, you know, you have to find new hairdressers, new, you know, new everything. I went to this new fellow and I felt very comfortable with him as he was talking to me. He was really listening to me, which is a really important thing in our industry too, mm-hmm. listening to what you know my concerns and thoughts were about my hair. And as he was cutting my hair, he said almost underneath his breath, hmm, such and such conditioner would be really good for, for this, for your hair. But he wasn't really saying, it was like really literally almost under his breath. 
And when we got ready to check out, he didn't say anything. He said, hey, what about that conditioner you mentioned? You know, and I mm -hmm. bought it. So I don't know if that was his way, his sales tactic, but I didn't feel sold to. He was the professional. He knew it was good for my hair. He happened to mention something and I purchased it. So I love is, that. It, yeah. I've always kind of think, I kind of think that way when I'm talking to a client, when they're on my table, I might say, oh boy, that vitamin C would work really well for you. You know, not, not, not like I'm even really saying it to them. And then they're like, oh, maybe I should get that vitamin C you mentioned. You know, right. That type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like you're really focusing on what would benefit them as opposed to a script of we do the facial. Here's what I want you to buy. Goodbye. See you next time. It's like yeah. you're <laughs> right. You're like very much trying to um, obviously send them home with something that's going to benefit them. So it's not necessarily yeah. something that's just to get a retail sale. Exactly. Um, a few days ago, I dropped off cute little bags of sample size products to um, some women in my neighborhood, just with a little note, because I work on some of the women in my neighborhood here. I live in a 55-year and older community. And it just said, I'm missing your beautiful face. Can't wait to see you again. Have fun with these. And just a little bit about each thing that I put in there. Well, a couple days later, I had over $600 worth of products sold. And they, you know, they all texted me right away. Oh my gosh, thank you. That's so cute. And we love it. And, you know, so I wasn't being pushy. I was just giving them something and sales came in. Yeah, that is so underestimated. Give first before, you know, mm. you ask for something in return. That's an interesting point um, that I've had conversations with estheticians throughout the years about that, you know, a lot of them are like, I am not giving any discounts. I'm not doing any free treatments you know, and you know what, especially when you get started, you need to do a little bit of that. No, you don't want to give away, you know, like the baby with the bathwater or whatever that saying is, but, you know, but, but you give a little to get a lot. Um, and I think I've always been that way in my, in my spa and also with my education to estheticians. Uh, I, I spend a lot of time on the phones with, with people just because, you know, it's, it's a passion. It's my way of giving back. And I, I think in the treatment room, we need to do that a bit too. Right. It, you're a people person and it's a people oriented career. I actually have a question mm -hmm. right there because I have some estheticians that ask us who are in school who say, you know, they're a lot of them are younger and they feel like they haven't fully developed those people skills and they feel a little bit shy, a little bit awkward. Do you have any advice? Because some of them say, you know, I don't, I'm not sure if this is right for me because I'm naturally a little bit shy. Do you have any advice for those kind of people? Yeah, I think, um, don't be afraid of being shy, be who you are. Um, and just, you know, like I said, I have this, this kind of childlike playfulness to me and that's worked for me. If you're shy and quiet, you're going to attract people that are okay with that, right? You know, we will attract the kind of people that, that connect with us. So don't be afraid of that. I think another thing a lot of estheticians are afraid that they're not going to have the answer to the question that the client asks them. So they get so caught up in knowing, knowing, knowing. Um, and I feel like the connecting is more important than knowing. You can always find the answer. You can always say, that's a really great question. I'm going to find that answer for you, you know, and then follow through, make sure that you do it. Um, but yeah, there's a whole fear about that as well. And I have never been a technical type of esthetician. It's just not who I am. My brain doesn't keep all that technical stuff really well. And I used to feel really bad about myself, especially when I got around technical estheticians, you know, but I have another skill set. And so, you know, I just work that skill set. So, so find where you're good at, find that sweet spot and then work that. I can, yeah, I can totally relate my, myself. I'm in a spa with a lot of estheticians who have, you know, 10 plus years of experience. And I, myself, I'm somewhat newer. I've been licensed for about two years now. I actually come from a media background, but I just have this urge to create content and talk to people and be, you know, more creative. And sometimes I get caught up in comparing myself with 
they've been doing this longer. They have, you know, all these technical skills, but I think you have to remember you were hired for a reason. So Mm. just own your strengths and, and lean into it, embrace it. Don't be afraid of your personality and your qualities because you will attract people by being yourself. And I think it, it's the most fun when you can really be yourself in the treatment room. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, quick story years ago, back in the nineties, when I had my big spa, I rented rooms out to estheticians and ma- massage therapists. And this one gal came in and rented a room. And when she decorated it, two walls were completely covered with certificates from classes she, t- you know, she had taken. I mean, completely, I couldn't even see what color the paint was. You know, it was just like, 50 of them on each wall. And I was, as the owner of the place, I was extremely, you know, intimidated. I thought, oh my word, this girl really knows her stuff. And it was, it made me anxious kind of. But then over the next few months, I watched her get her business started and she only lasted three months. She had to close her doors down because what I noticed was she was book smart, but she did not connect with clients. There was no warmth. There was, there was none of that going on. And in our industry, I think that is the most important part. So she, she moved on. She couldn't make it. So I think that a lot of, um, as we're talking about younger and kind of newer estheticians, I think that's one of the big fears um, that people have is, how am I ever going to have this clientele? How am I going to build it? How am I going to maintain it? So is that kind of what you would say to somebody is that, you have to connect and be on a personal level with your clients above anything else as you know, in regard to building and maintaining your clientele. Absolutely. Absolutely. If, if you're not really connecting with them, they're not going to go out and tell their friend, you know, about you. And I think that's our best form of marketing of building our business is through referrals. Um, right. I come from a different era. So all this stuff online, I don't, I don't completely <laughs> get, you know, uh, Uh, I've, you know, most of my clientele back in the day came from people talking about me because they connected with me so much. Right. I I think you can just tell when somebody has a passion for something and you just don't last in jobs that you're not excited about it. Like you, Shelly, when you were at Cost Plus, you could, you couldn't see yourself there when you're doing computer work. So yeah, I think it just, it really goes to show that people can feel when you're present and you're excited to be there. Yeah. And even in this industry, find your, your sweet spot in this industry. Like I did not like waxing at all, but you know, we have to learn it in school. We have to learn it to do our state boards. And you know, when I went out in the world, I had to do it, but I did not like it. So as soon as I kind of was in control of my own destiny there, I stopped doing it. You know, I didn't, I I did eyebrows and lips still, but I didn't like doing body waxing. So, you know, don't do what you're not happy with. And, and do what really, you know, gets you excited. It's funny you say that because Lauren and I are both the two, we feel like rare estheticians who just never got into waxing. So we bring on other experts who do love waxing to talk about their niche and their passion. I'm curious, Shelly, for you and, and your your services you offer, what are kind of treatments you offer and things you specialize in? Yeah, because I'm almost 60, you know, we tend to, uh, I can't believe I'm saying that, Um, we tend to attract uh, people in our own age group, Mm. you know, Mm. Um, like when I moved into this 55 year and older community, I was 56 at the time. And it was really funny, actually, playfully, some of the ladies said, can I see your ID? You know, because they wanted to know if I was really (laughs) of age to, (laughs) to be here, you know, so so I was kind of, I'm kind of walking my talk or, you know, kind of thing. So they look at me and it's like, Ooh, I want a little bit of that kind of thing. So I really tend to focus on the anti-aging. You know, if you're somebody mm-hmm. who's younger in your twenties, acne may be something a little bit more, you know, um, up your alley kind of thing. So you just have to find what works for you. It doesn't mean because you're a certain age, you have to stick with that kind of clientele. It just kind of comes a little easier. I think when I was in my thirties, I used to lie about my age that I was older because I always felt how how many women lie about their age older, right? (laughs) I always felt like it made me a little more professional if I was a little bit older. Yeah, (laughs) no, I think that's a really legit fear for a lot of younger estheticians 
especially when people ask, how old are you? How long have you been doing this? I think a lot of people yeah. kind of feel yeah, like a woman in yeah. her sixties talking to a 20 something year old about wrinkles, uh-huh. you know, we're right. looking at you, know? come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. as far as those anti-aging um, treatments, are there certain ingredients that are your favorite? Do you know, I am the gadget gal, Okay. Um, not the ingredient gal, okay. although, you know, we have to have product to do what we do. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I have a passion for the pieces of equipment. Okay. So that's kind of where I put my focus is on the equipment. And when you go on my website, you'll, you'll notice a lot of equipment. And it's hard for me to say, like you asked me earlier, what's my favorite? You know, like, how do you say, what's your, who's your favorite kid? You know, mm-hmm. they're all, yeah. they're all my favorites. Oh, yeah. So um, there's a lot of modalities. Okay. I don't even think you want me to get me started on that. We no, tell us. Yeah. Is it microcurrent? <laughs> is it... Oxygen facials. It's a little bit of all of it. I never do just one thing on a client. I, it's more like, you know, when you go to the gym and you kind of do cross training, you do right. a lot of different yeah. things. That's what I do with a facial. I do a lot of different pieces of equipment um, at one time um, in, a, in a facial. So, uh, yes, microcurrent. Yes, oxygen. I'll tell you a quick, funny story about oxygen. Uh, I always go back to the 90s, <laughs> but uh, one of the estheticians uh, there got an oxygen machine, and that was unheard of back then, and she was so excited to do this treatment on me, and you know, she cleansed my skin and exfoliated, got me all prepped, and then she proceeded to spray air on my face for 30 minutes. That's all she did was blow air on my face, and I was, I was laying there going, please, Lord, let this be over. <laughs> this cannot be doing anything. You know, and I didn't look at oxygen for probably another 12, 13 years because I thought that's what all there is. And then eventually I got a proper oxygen treatment and now I love it. I think it's one of the best things. Once a client experiences a proper treatment, they will always want to have it. So love oxygen. Um, Microcurrent's good. LED, I am a huge fan of LED. I include it in every single treatment. It is not an add-on. I finish it off. It's like the icing on the cake. When it comes to, you know, as you mentioned, customizing facials and using different modalities in the facial, how would you kind of formulate, like for somebody who's starting out their own either private room, business, whatever it may be, how would you structure a spa menu and how would you kind of decide what would be an add-on versus like LED, what you would include in every facial, no matter what? Very good question. Um, I've worked with a lot of estheticians and been to a lot of spas. And one thing I do not care for is when you open up somebody's menu and it looks like, um, Oh, what is that restaurant that has this huge, it's a chain cheesecake factory. That, yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I go there, I say to my husband, just order for me. Yeah. I get, I get so confused. <laughs> you know, before I finished with my big spa, my menu basically had the modalities that I offered and said that we will customize a facial for your skincare needs. Because mm-hmm. they don't know. They look right. at the, you know, the raspberry facial and the gold facial and the this and the that, and they, they don't know what to pick. They're, you know, we're the professional. We're the one that's supposed to be letting them know what's going to be correct for their skin. So I like to keep a menu, and even online, I like to keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as far as like what I'm going to do with somebody, you know, this is something I started to do years ago. It may not work for everybody, but it just felt comfortable for me is when somebody came in for a consultation with me, we would sit down and we would talk about what they wanted, what kind of changes they wanted to make in their skin. And while we were talking about it in my head, I'm formulating what I'd like to do on them. And we, we talk about the different modalities I have and, and I show some before and after pictures and you know, then I'll say to them, you know, you know, to achieve what you'd like, I can see you coming in once a week for the next six to eight weeks. Then my next question, here it is, what's your budget? Mm -hmm. I always ask them. Now they know, they don't, they know my facials are not $3 and 99 (laughs) cents. You know, they they already know that, you know, the lowest facial is 99, the highest is 225. They know the price range. But I, I don't want them, it's, it goes back to that sales thing. I don't want them to feel like I'm selling them. I want them to be in on creating this program for them. So I will say, what's your budget if you were to come in once a week? 
They may say 99, they may say 250, you know. Sometimes we prejudge people, right? I may look at somebody and think, oh, they're not going to be able to afford that $250 facial. Mm -hmm. And I'll be darned if they don't come out and say, hey, you know, <laughs> I can do 250 a week. So let them be in on it. And it's just always really worked well for me. So if they do say 99, then I say, fabulous. I'm going to create a great treatment for you, you know, that's in your budget. And then in my mind, I rethink exactly what I'm going to do on them. Does that make sense? Yes. And I love how you phrased all of that. And again, kind of put it in their hands and leave the decision up to the client. Yeah. It makes them feel a part of it rather than being sold to. Right. Right. And then I also don't lose them if I create something that's out of their budget. They feel a little uncomfortable in that moment mm -hmm. then, right? Or yeah. even if online, if somebody comes to my website and I've got these, these outrageous prices and it's not in their budget, oh, they're going to click right off that website. I've lost them before I've even had a chance to have a chat with them. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think ugh, one of my, when I was actively working in the treatment room and doing facials, that was one of the hardest things was just feeling like, you know, sometimes, and I hate to say it, but sometimes facials can feel kind of elitist just because they are a higher ticket item that some people don't see as quote unquote necessary. I mean, we all know the benefits and the necessity of it, but, right. um, but yeah, to have a system like that where a client feels really comfortable and doesn't feel like they're in over their head or they can never afford this. Like, like you're partnering with them more yes. so oh, than being, yeah, more so than being a service provider or, or, you know, a salesperson. I, oh, I just love that. It's so refreshing to hear. Perfect way to put it. Um, years ago, I had a, a short time behind the clinic counter in Macy's didn't care for that job much, mm -hmm. but, um, a clinic is not a good product line in my eyes, uh, for a younger skin, for an older skin, excuse me. And while I was working there, there were so many times, uh, you know, back then I was in my 20s, but maybe a 40-year-old or a 50-year-old woman would come to me and I knew that Clinique wouldn't be right for, you know, for that client. So I would take them over to another, you know, product line in Macy's. Now, Clinique didn't care for that too much, but I, I was creating a bond with those people that were coming. And my third month there, I won salesperson of the whole cosmetic department, not just Clinique, the whole department. And I think it was just because, no, I don't think, I believe it was because I wasn't trying to sell those people that came up to me. I was trying to solve an issue they came to me with. Yeah, I think that's just more of a long-term vision and building that trust and relationship. Yeah, super important in our industry. Shelly, I know you said you're not the biggest ingredient gal, but... <laughs> <laughs> Since we are in an era of just so much product, I'm sure you have your clients come in and, you know, they're using just a bunch of a million different things that may or may not be working for them. What is kind of your approach to assigning or not assigning, recommending home care? That's another good question. So when they come in to me and I say, I'm using such and such and such. Uh, they'll say, do you think that's okay? Well, half the time, I probably really won't know exactly what that product is, something from a drugstore or, mm -hmm. you know, Nordstrom's that they, that they purchased. If their skin is in okay condition, like they're not a mess with flared up rosacea or acne and they're, they're okay, I'll say to them, you know, let's do this. Finish up that product. And when you get finished, we'll talk about a new program for so again, I'm not trying mm -hmm. to sell them. I'm letting them know, you know, finish up the product. And I tell you, nine times out of 10, they're like, no, you know what? I'd really like to just get what you have here. Mm -hmm. But that's my way of not having them feel sold to. Um, and then, you know, but if they do come in and their face is really a mess, then I, I start to chat with them about what I think can help, you know, heal their skin. Yeah, I think that's that's so important. I do... Um, a lot of skincare consults, just like via my Instagram and email. Um, and I have a lot of people, first of all, what I ask them is, like you said, what are you currently using? And I think every esthetician on the planet asks that question. But I like to know that information to, first of all, get a baseline of, you know, what they're using, what what's their current budget, what are they spending, so that it's mm -hmm. not like, you know, if there is a product in there that I see that's okay, and again, if they're not having major issues with it, 
I do the same thing. I just say like, okay, finish it out. Cause I hate, I, I actually did a, a consult for one of my close girlfriends a few months ago. And, and I, I said, okay, this isn't a perfect world. Like you can finish this, finish this, but then replace with this and this once you're done. So I gave her a whole thing. She literally texted me like two days later. She's like, okay, I just bought it all. I wanted to, <laughs> she was like, I wanted to start fresh. And I'm like, okay, well, that's great. But also maybe don't start with 10 new products all at once. So I had to <laughs> kind of slow her down a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's I another think good it's... point is not trying to sell them too many. How many people oh, have you heard have gone to a big department store and walked out with, you know, 10, 12 products and got home and went, oh my word, what did I just do? Right. You know, that's another thing. And also if they go home with that many products and they have some kind of reaction, you're not going to know where to start to figure out Mm -hmm. which product it was that that caused that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the main thing is I always, I tell them don't do everything all at once because of the reaction potential. You know, if, and I tell them it'll be a huge mess. If you have a reaction to a product and you've started five new products, you have to stop all of them (laughs) and, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and then slowly one by one, try to figure out what it is. So can be a little bit of a mess, but, but definitely, definitely good to be able to, to tell them, you know, finish this out. And, you know, again, it's not that huge selling thing where, you know, here's $500 worth of product. You have to buy it all or nothing. Like, of course, nobody wants to do that. I think it's what they call a soft sell, right? Instead of a hard sell, it's a soft sell. Everything soft is better. (laughs) (laughs) So Shelly, so I know that you have Um, a few of your own products that you sell online. And I'm curious what goes into creating, um, you know, a product line like that, or, or even just certain individual things? Is there a process that happens as far as what you choose to make and, and how you choose to make it? Mm. I never thought that I would be having any of my own products. But as I started working with pieces of equipment, there was specific things I needed to work with those pieces of equipment. Mm. And I knew somebody that developed products. So I really didn't have the first idea about all the ingredients. I would just go to this person and say, you know what, I needed to do this and this and this. I needed to have this much slip. I needed to, you know, that kind of thing I Mm -hmm. wanted in this point and let them develop. And it was, it's been a back and forth. It's not like you get it the first time they develop and go, oh yeah, that's perfect. You know, there's Mm -hmm. a back and forth, you know, put a little more of this in, take a little of that out. Um, it's been kind of interesting. I still have no desire to do a whole product line. There's too many products out there, right. but I just, it's, it's fun having a few specialty products. Interesting. I love that. I think that's amazing because all, you know, modalities, like you said, finding things that work with your modalities is, is so important because otherwise you might not be living up to the full potential of what you're using. Exactly. Perfectly said. Perfectly. Shelly, my last question to you is a question about hiring and employees. What do you look for if you are sitting down and interviewing a potential uh, candidate, somebody who would work at your spa? What do you look for? Oh, I am so not the person. (laughs) I am so bad at that. I'm one of those kind of people. I mean, this is probably a good thing to have, but I, I look at everybody and go, oh, they're so fabulous. They're great. <laughs> you know, and you, you know, in an interview, everybody's putting on their best, you know, their best face, right? Right. Um, so years again, back in the 90s, um, I, I did the employee thing for a while and I absolutely did not enjoy it. It was more stress than it was worth. So I went back to just renting rooms out. Um, a few years ago when we had a training center and my husband was in the, is in the picture then. Right. And so we did the interviews together. It was kind of like good, good cop, bad cop. Right. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, they're so perfect. And he's like, Oh, you know, <laughs> and then we kind of came into the middle <laughs> and figured out which one to do. I am not good at that. I think there's a skill to interviewing people. Right. I wish I had a really easy answer for you on that one. It's Okay. Were there just elements of of certain employees you've had in the past that you think made really strong estheticians? Um, Those people that knew how to connect with the clients. Yeah. Because it goes all back to that again, right? I had a feeling Um, you were going to say that. (laughs) Yeah. It really is. It really is that. It's that connection. Um, Years ago, uh, when I wanted to move to Southern California and I needed to find an esthetician, to run the business that I had at the time, I 
I went through a lot of interviews until I found somebody that I could just really feel that caring with. And my clients really liked her. Now, here's the interesting thing. She was incredible in the treatment room. She took such good care of my spa. Every time we would drop by, it was perfectly clean. I got good feedback from the clients, but she didn't have that entrepreneurial side. The business never grew. It just flattened out. So lots of times employees will have an employee mentality. They'll come in and they'll be good at what they do, but they're not going to help grow the business at all. But on the other side of it, if you hire somebody who's super entrepreneurial, they're going to come and stay with you for a while. You're going to teach them a lot, and then they're going to take off. Yeah. So there's, it's, yeah, you've got to find that balance of somebody who's, you know, uh, got a little bit of entrepreneurial, but they don't have a desire to go out and do something themselves. Yeah, I think that's, it's such a, I think, a beautiful balance when you do find that. Um, yeah, cause there are some people who, who do not want to be entrepreneurial at all because they don't yeah. want the responsibility. They don't like the risk. And if you can find somebody that has that, the balance between the two of being super compassionate and, and passionate about what they do and what they do for you as a business right. owner, if that makes any right. sense. I think that. Yeah. And yeah. as a business owner, take care of your employees, your oh, yeah. estheticians. I have just heard so many stories over the years of estheticians that have gone to work for big spas that were just totally taken advantage of. And then those spas wonder why they have such a, you know, swinging door of people coming in and out. Well, mm-hmm. hello, you know, so you got to take good care. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's a beautiful place to leave us off, you know, take care of your clients and then also take care of your estheticians. So Shelly... Yes. Thank you so much for coming on. This has just been so much fun to talk to you. I know I speak for Tessa and myself. We would love to have you on again at some point. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. It was so great. Thank you, Thank Shelley. you, and please stay well. Take care. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely. too. You too. So thanks, everybody, for listening. We're going to leave all of Shelly's um, details and contact info in the description box so you guys can um, reach out to her or find her online if you need to. And we will see everybody in the next one. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys found value in Shelly's years of wisdom that she shared with us. She's such a joy to talk to, and we already can't wait to have her back on. If you guys haven't already, check out her books, The Esthetician's Guide to Outstanding Aesthetics, Volumes 1 and 2. They both have amazing, valuable information in them for new estheticians and seasoned estheticians alike. So these are two books that Tess and I highly, highly recommend to start out with and also to revisit and refresh yourself you know, whenever you feel the need. Yes, seriously. These are the books that I go back to and that have kind of shaped my just appreciation for connecting with clients. So for those of you asking what books we would recommend, these are them. And Shelly is also working on a new book. So keep your eyes out for that as well in the future. We so appreciate you guys taking your time out of your day to listen to us. If you liked the episode, if you found value in it, it would mean so much if you left us a little review and stay well, and we will talk to you in the next one. 